What does 25 cents back on every purchase mean to you? A free lunch? That gadget you've been eyeing? A night out with the fellas? With your Premise Perks checking account, you get 25 cents back with every purchase using your debit card and zero ATM, overdraft, or annual fees. With this completely free account, you can watch the money roll in with every swipe and find the freedom to go further with your cash. Premise, the bank that gets it right. Premise is a member FDIC. ATM transactions do not count towards debit card rewards. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to our podcast of Three Essential Questions. I am Pam Myers with Pam Myers Social Media. My co-host is the fabulous Erica Yoakum with Virtual Personal Assistant. We do this every week, as many of you know. Um, It streams live onto several Facebook pages. And our guest today for Three Essential Questions is Frankie Flores. Frankie is the director of the UNM, so the University of New Mexico LGBTQ Resource Center. So welcome, Frankie. We're delighted to have you. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. So I've, I've, I've already fallen in love. We've been ta- talking, <laughs> before, and I'm like, I, 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 I adore Frankie already. So I'm just going to sit here. And go. That's just <laughs> yeah, in trial when you actually pay for it, it's not the same. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. So Frankie, what have you what have you learned about yourself? And you can this can relate to you personally to what you do for uh, for your occupation. But what have you learned about yourself during this whole COVID pandemic? I have learned a couple of things. I've learned that prior to the pandemic, I was way too damn busy. Okay, oh, can I say that? <laughs> you can swear, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, um, I don't want to get fired um, from the podcast. I don't know what I'm going to get fired from. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I've learned that I was way too busy, mm-hmm. and you know there is a um, there's a concept in in Buddhism that there are two types of busyness. There's a one where you are occupied because you're doing things you love, and there's a busyness of keeping yourself busy so you don't have to deal with your own emotional, mental issues. You know your spiritual issues, and I realized that I myself so occupied, so I didn't have to deal with this. Um, because if this is a lot, in here is even worse. Um, but I, I learned that I'm appreciating standing still more, and I've also learned to be a lot more flexible. You know, within the context of the resource center, we've had to, you know, on a dime we've had to just turn around completely of the way we are reaching out to students and the ways that we are communicating with people so you know it's it's an exciting challenge and it's one that it's a, I'm learning a new skill which I think is always exciting because uh, I just am a big believer and I never want to be complacent I never want to I never want to like just say I'm good I'm done learning um, yeah 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 mm-hmm. So how have you responded to this situation? Um, Well, I mean, in a pandemic, it's really easy to not be busy anymore. Um, (laughs) But no, you know, I have, I've started just, you know, I I have grown this relationship with running, which if you would have told high school Frankie that I was going to become a runner, I would have laughed and thrown a cigarette at you. 
Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. The, the kind and loving person you see now was not who I was in high school. Um, I was mean in high school. I got kicked out of Albuquerque High, which is a skill. Um, <laughs> I have it on my resume. Um, but, <laughs> no, I, I've, like, I've learned how to even appreciate running as a meditation. Yes. And so I've learned how to create a better relationship with my, with my body, with checking in with myself and honoring, you know, also really being much more open about the fact that I um, also live with bipolar, you know, which um, I think a lot of folks know that during the pandemic, a lot of mental health issues really came to a head. And um, I have made it very open that I, had a really hard period um, where my depressive part of that bipolar is became, I mean, I, I became essentially, I wasn't doing anything, you know, oh. getting out of bed was like climbing Mount Everest. Oh. And, you know, I had to make a decision to get help, to seek help. And I'm so lucky that I am privileged enough to have access to services because I know that that's not the reality for a lot of our trans and queer community. But I also feel that as a community leader, it's important for me to be open about my issues because then, you know, that 19 year old kid who is struggling and feels like if I say this, people are going to judge me, shame me, because that's how I felt for a long time. Sure. And so it is, you know, it's important to me to be open about who I am and it's important to, you to be open about the struggles I have because I'm human and I have a wide variety of experiences and I'm I'm living with this, you know, it really is a health condition that sometimes is very limiting, but also has given me an appreciation for the fact that like I am one tough bitch. Like I can, you know, the fact well, that I can, you need to get all of it together in a bag and you need to deal with it. And I was, again, I was privileged enough because it is an unfortunate reality that healthcare is a privilege in the United States. Mm -hmm. And I'm privileged of having pretty good healthcare through UNM and was able to access counseling and a psychiatrist and I'm on great meds and I, you know, have a really good treatment plan and I'm, I'm thriving now and I feel more like who I actually am than I ever have and probably in, I don't know how long wow. a decade or more wow yeah. that's amazing yeah, yeah. congratulations on that yeah yeah and I mean that's exactly what you do is you encourage right your job is to encourage people to talk so it's really important to be able to share because Sharing and talking about ourselves is how we bring things out in the open, right? Absolutely. So, uh, you know, at the Resource Center, um, we also are a confidential reporting site for sexual misconduct. Oh, good. And so one of the things that I do is I'm very open about my experiences with being groomed by predators, mm -hmm. and my own experiences of not understanding what sexual assault looks like. Yeah. Because I think especially within the trans and queer community, we understand what sexual violence can look like. It's part of just who we are, right? And I'm like, no, it is not. <laughs> you know, I am 39 years old and I like, I look at freshmen and I'm like, you, somebody <laughs> my age was 
sexualizing me. I'm like, these kids are still like wet behind the ears. Like they're, they're children, you know, right. I'm just like, Oh no. Oh no. And so I want, you know, I make sure to share those experiences with kids because then in turn, they trust me. And I have had kids open up about, I should call them kids, students, um, open up about some really traumatic things that they've experienced. And, you know, I hold that very, you know, dear to my heart because we as queer folks, I think, don't have mentors. You know, when we look for those older folks to be mentors, it sometimes becomes a predatory situation. And so I am adamant that, you know, I want students to come in. I want young kids, young students to come in and feel safe and affirmed and that if they're sharing stuff with me, they know I'm not like, you know, licking my chops and like, it's like a, you know, an old Looney Tunes where they're like on a platter with like, you know, which. The lettuce and potatoes. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Which I think that we've all experienced and, you know, we've all. And at one hand it feels like, Oh my God, I'm so cute. And I'm so lovely because this 40 year old person wants me. And then when you get older, it's like, Oh no. Mm-hmm. I was prayed upon. And I think that if, you know, for those of us who are elders and for those of us who are older folks within the transit queer community, if we aren't stopping those cycles and naming those cycles, then we are implicit in that violence. And so, right. I, you know, I want to make sure that students know that I want to stop that cycle. Yeah. And provide a safe place for them yeah. to be able to. Yeah. Come to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I remember in being in high school and the badge of honor was to have uh, a teacher flirt with you, mm-hmm. right? And and yeah. that was like, you know, in eighth grade, that, that was like, mm-hmm. if you get him to make a, a comment to you, that was, you were, you were all that and a bag of chips. And again, I, I, I look back at it now and I go, if, yeah. if yeah. a teacher did something like that to one of my kids. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so that when I was in high school, um, I was very fortunate. I was able to be really out in high school. Like I am super butch now compared to who I was. Like I was high femme in high school and I loved it. But I also wanted to look like Tawny Katane. Like <laughs> Wow, you just dated yourself there, love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I had this like beautiful mane of like blondish hair that I would like crimp and like tease and I would wear acid wash jeans that were ripped from you know the ankles all the way up with fishnets underneath I it was a look uh, <laughs> but I for one year for Halloween a bunch of my friends we all went as different eras of Madonna and my favorite era was and still is the erotica Madonna and mm-hmm. so I was wearing this tiny little this mini skirt and I got up and I turned and I was in class and I turned and I, I, I may not have been wearing the most appropriate underwear. Um, and so my, my teacher was like, you know, Frankie, you're wearing underwear. I said, wow, are you looking? Um, <laughs> and I thought it was just the funniest thing ever. And I was like, oh my God. And now I'm like, ooh. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's not comfortable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but as but as but as youth, as as um, younger people without the life experiences that you have now, 
that we all have now, it's very different. You yep. you like look for that. They're looking for that acknowledgement, for that love and acceptance. Oh, it's not even about love. It's more about power. Yeah. For me, for at that yeah. age, it was more about because that made me mm-hmm. more than the girl who didn't get acknowledged. Oh, interesting. Right. Yeah. It was more of a power, and because the, then you could walk around going, you know, yeah. Yeah. I was all that. Yeah. And, and it was a pal- it was a it was a one-upsmanship for me anyway. Yeah. I don't know what it was on his side because every time I hear you know don't stand so close to me, that's where I go is to him and that you know that whole thing and 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 wonder if he ever got in trouble or yeah. if he got a little too too familiar with some of his people's. But yeah, yeah it's a uh, it's glad and what's interesting though is in trying to impart those those lessons. Yeah, I have two boys, so it's very different. Um, but trying to import, impart those lessons to, to the younger folks, sometimes they don't want to hear it because oh, one, it's not them. That's not what I'm doing yeah. or that would never happen to me. Yeah. Right. Uh, but I, I have found that it, it pays to still have those conversations. And I usually preface it with, this will probably never happen to you, but, yeah. mm-hmm. and I've had times when one of my boys will come back and go you know mom blah 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 and you know this happened and but um it was weird because i never thought like that was going to be part of my life and i'm glad that we had those conversations so there's a roundabout way of saying i'm really glad that there's someone like you there who can say oh yeah yep i you know that been there done that and it may never happen to you but Here's how we can look at it. Here's how we can frame it. Here's how we can mm-hmm. talk about it. And here's how to not feel ashamed about it. Right. Exactly. Right. Like right. it's your fault. Or... So it, that shame is what brings on, you know, it exacerbates mental health issues. It exacerbates any issues with substance abuse, with disordered eating, mm-hmm. with, you know, alcohol abuse, with self-harm. You know, mm-hmm. that shame is so killer and it's so prevalent wow. with trans and queer community. And, you know, I think personally, like the best gift I've ever been given in this world, besides my sense of humor, is my queerness. Mm-hmm. You know, I love being queer and I've always loved being queer, you know, and I was very fortunate. I grew up in an environment where my queerness wasn't really shamed. Um, and so I, you know, I, I've been able to always celebrate and come to the table as my full self. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I want to give young folk, young students those skills mm-hmm. and that sense of pride in your queerness, your transness is nothing to be ashamed of. It is to be celebrated and revered and it is to be loved and to be valued. And yeah. we don't hear that enough. Yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. You got a little Oprah in here for a minute. Oh, um, no. <laughs> and heavy. <laughs> so, so what does it look like? Um, you know, how, how is this affected? We're going to kind of segue here a, a moment, but how has it affected what you do with the center? Like, ha, has it everything continued to function semi-normal or? Um, Semi-normal, we're doing all of our program virtually, Mm -hmm. uh, which has actually kind of created a bigger audience for us Mm -hmm. because we stream a lot of our discussions um, through Facebook. 
And so, you know, if you're not able to get off of work, but you can watch it on your computer, you know, we have sometimes up to two, 300, we've had 600 people tune in to an event of ours. Wow. You That's know, amazing. And, good job. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no, I'm really excited about it. And also one of the things I'm so proud of is that I am working and I look, I'm not a company person. Like I am, I think it's important to be critical of the people who are above you, your leadership, mm-hmm. which I've been, I, you know, at UNM, I'm notorious for speak my mind, whether you want to hear it or not. Um, <laughs> but, um, I have to say that I've been at UNM for 12 years and for the first time we have an administration that doesn't just support us, but stands with us. You know, our president Stokes, my favorite story about her is her first year at UNM, she reached out to the center and said, when is rainbow graduation? Because I have to be there. And I was like, oh, you're just, you know, showing face, making the rounds, cool. Next year, her assistant, again, was like, President Stokes wants to make sure it's on her books. We want to make sure that she's there. And then last year, she was she she's reaching out to us to show that it's important to her, you know. And she mentioned at Trans Day of Remembrance in her weekly communication that goes to over thirty thousand people. Wow! And she didn't mention it because someone asked her to. She did it on her own. Wow! Which I think is profound. And also, I'm so excited to be working under the first Black queer vice president at UNM. Oh. Yeah, Dr. Zarai, has, she has transformed this university in ways I don't think she even knows. And I'm so proud. And, and having that leadership has allowed us to, to expand the work and services that we're doing. It has allowed us to have, you know, it's not just me saying you need to do this. It's also the president and a vice president saying we are supporting Frankie in doing this. So you need to get it done. And so that has really transformed the way that we're able to reach out to students. Another exciting aspect of that is because we're not programming in person, I have all of those dollars now that I, that we have siphoned into our scholarship program. Oh, nice. And so, um, you know, we do have an emergency scholarship at UNM, which has helped so many students. We have saved students from being evicted. We have saved students from going hungry, you know, and I, I come from an experience of, I experienced a lot of um, being unsheltered and food scarcity for the majority of my life. And so being able to create access for individuals to not be hungry is such mm-hmm. a, problem. I have so much pride in that, you know, because we have to center the fact that if you don't know where you're sleeping and you don't know where you're eating, how can I expect you to study? Right. Exactly. How can yeah. I make it a priority if you, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's focusing on what you know, how hungry you are. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, congratulations on that. That sounds like it's such a a gift, such a reward to have that support system. Yeah, thank you. And just so you know, so we've got people watching, and I'm going to put this up here that um, you know we've got people who are having conversations with family members and young kids about these things. So it's, you are making a difference and, and um, reaching out to people and making it and being public about it. That's, I think, like you said, you take away that stigma of shame and, and fear. Uh, If you, if you 
normalize it. Like it's just, you know, I'm just, uh, am I here? I'm here. I'm here doing my thing. Yeah. <laughs> I also think it's so important. You know, I am queer, first gen, you know, Mexicano from the San Jose neighborhood. And my life was never supposed to happen. You know, there were no role models for success for me. And so I am so privileged that I can show that little queer brown kid that, hey, you can do it if I could do it. Like, and, and I didn't follow a linear path. You know, when I was 18, my dream was to move to Japan and start a heart cover band, um, <laughs> which I still think would have been a great idea. The problem and I or Nancy. Have, well, the problem I found out is I can't sing and I can't play guitar. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, okay. No <laughs> problem for, you know, you know yeah. Nancy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but, you know, you know, I, we don't see people like me in popular trans and queer representation. Right. You know, and I want that little femboy to not be ashamed of their femme identity. You mm -hmm. know, I want that butch girl to know that, like, you can succeed. And at UNM, we are creating equitable access because it's more than inclusivity. We have to make sure that we are creating equitable access for all individuals. And my dream, so I'm going to pull, I'm going to do a little plug here. Okay. Uh, People think that at the re that we're part of the university, and so you know we are being flown in in helicopters and eating caviar for lunch. <laughs> and the reality is, like, I am trying to make you know a dollar out of fifteen cents. Mm -hmm. with, you know the resources that we have, and so if you are so inclined, you know we would love for you to contribute. Um, you can donate directly to the resource center, and the money that people donate are going directly to our scholarship program because my big dream is to create a scholarship program for trans and queer folks. Because we know that trans and queer folks access higher education at around 10%. Wow. And going beyond a four year, it's less than five. It's I think around two to 3%. Wow. And so part of that, you know, so we have done the administrative work to where students can come in and the name that's on your legal documents doesn't actually have to reflect the name that they call you in class. We have created the systems to where your affirmed name and pronouns are now being listed in your roster, class rosters on your logo ID. So we are creating equitable access for trans and queer folks. And, you know, I know that, you know, I'm fortunate, right, that I stand on the shoulders of people like Sylvia Rivera, uh, Marsha P. Johnson, but also locally people like Bunny Benton Cruz, you know, Maddie Jim. And I often think about what more could they have done had we given them access to things like higher education? Because that's one thing Bunny and I have talked about is Bunny, you know, always, you know, felt like she wanted to go to school, but didn't feel like she was able to. And so I want to create those opportunities for folks. Mm -hmm. Also, I just want Bunny to come to, um, to school and work at the center, but that's just, you know, don't tell her. Um, anyone <laughs> listening, don't tell Bunny I said that. Um, <laughs> So what what is what does everything look like on the other side of this pandemic, which we might have an end in sight? Yeah. So um, as I mentioned earlier, we are in our ten year anniversary, and we need to really celebrate it. 
So um, we're going to celebrate our 11 year anniversary. 11 is a power number in numerology, so it works better. But we are going to be open and we are going to, you know, have our center open. We have this beautiful little home. Like I, we've created an actual home in a little casita um, and it's, we're going to be open and students can come in and access our resources and just always know that they, and not just students, but also staff and faculty at UNM have a landing place at the University of New Mexico at our LGBTQ resource center. Wow. So yeah. Frank, if, if folks want to reach out to you, if they want to yeah. get a hold of you or find out more information on the center, where do they go? Yeah. So um, I would say not to call us because um, we're not answering our phones, obviously, because we're not in the um, center. Uh, but you can email me at uh, F-I-Y-E-R-O-81 at UNM.edu. Um, also look us up on, uh, we are on social media, UNM LGBTQRC. Um, and we also, our website is LGBTQRC.UNM.edu. And you can sign up for our newsletter there and you can, um, and you can get updates from us. Awesome. Okay. Thank you for this conversation, Frankie. You've been a gift today. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. I've actually laughed more in, in in the last few, you know, half an hour than I have in probably the last four days. So thank you for that. Laughter is the best medicine. I love it. I'll send you the invoice. Um. <laughs> I will gladly pay it. Thank you. <laughs> have a wonderful day, Frankie. Thank you. You too. <laughs> Bye. Bye. What does twenty-five cents back on every purchase mean to you? A free lunch. That gadget you've been eyeing, a night out with the fellas. With your Premise Perks checking account, you get 25 cents back with every purchase using your debit card and zero ATM, overdraft, or annual fees. With this completely free account, you can watch the money roll in with every swipe and find the freedom to go further with your cash. Premise, the bank that gets it right. Premise is a member FDIC. ATM transactions do not count towards debit card rewards.